0: hey everyone this is Jack and I have just a quick note for you before you dive into this episode this was originally recorded as part of a two-part series I did with Kyle Frost of give pause hobby where in tandem in parallel we <laughs> released a video of our top 10 expansions on the cardboard Herald video channel and the podcast channel as well as on his channel we had this premiere episode of if shelves could talk which was essentially a very similar conversation, except about, in this case, our top nine love at first plays five each, and we had a little bit of overlap, as you're about to see. Anyway, it was such a lovely conversation. We had the intent of publishing this as a podcast on the Cardboard Herald podcast channel anyway, down the road, and I'm also putting it up as a video on our video channel, and I love talking with Kyle. I really enjoy all the content that he puts up. I'm a big fan of his, and I think we get along fantastically, as you'll see, so I'm hoping that we get to collaborate more in the future, but just wanted to give you all that background information so you can have some context as you go into this. Our top nine, five each, love at first play games. As always, thanks for listening.
1: All right, uh, welcome to a uh, new venture a new frontier in uh, give pause Hop. we are not in the garage i can play with short sleeves and not get too frostbit um, and this is uh, a really a really special treat because when i first finally decided to take the plunge to make board game content um, the person i have here with me to to chat with was absolutely someone who uh, kind of led the way that that inspired me to just put my voice out there. So we have uh Jack Eddie from the Cardboard Herald joining us today. Um and we are going to be talking about our top five games, uh our top five love at first play. Um no warm-up necessary, no uh you know false hope, like honeymoon period, just love it versus play. <laughs> it's been inflection ever since. Uh, so thank you so much for, for being here. Um, Jack,
0: and I'm excited to talk about our five games. Yeah, I'm. I'm really glad to be here, Kyle. I'm a big fan of the channel, uh, and I love talking with you. And we, in fact, have been talking for a little little while here in you know cyberspace time. This may seem like a completely removed thing, but in actual meat space time, we've been on the call <laughs> for a while because over on the Cardboard Herald channel, we'll have our top. Five each making up a top 10 expansions of all time list, which you can that's find right. there Sci- and scientifically proven. Exactly. Right? You know, you cannot dispute it. Uh, you'll have to maybe file a petition with your local county judge if you really need to take umbrage with it. But this is actually a squishier list. I love this idea. Uh, And when you proposed this uh, as uh, one to do, I was like, dude, I love talking about this kind of stuff. So I'm really excited about being here. This is awesome.
1: And I'm I'm really excited with the two that we did, um, which thank you, I meant to in, in my head that was there. And then my <laughs> mouth is like, no, 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 we don't need that. Um, it's interesting to see where these two lists matched up and where they didn't, um, which, uh, we won't say anything about that here. You'll just have to go watch it elsewhere. Um, so Jack, why don't you tell us, uh, our top five, uh, what is uh, on your list of love at first plays?
0: Yeah. So if we're kicking it off at, uh, number five, uh, this is uh, the the game that is the most recent on this list and is on here for, I think, very different reasons than most of the games that I came up with. And that's uh, Marco Polo 2 in service of the con. And when I was but a wee beginning reviewer in the first few months of this uh, this whole business of the Cardboard Herald, I uh, started off with four reviews. Uh, I think um, I don't need to list them out. But then I did a couple more very shortly after that. It was written reviews at the time. And the first one that I gave like an actual negative review to was Marco Polo. uh, The Voyages of Marco Polo, which is a beloved game. uh, But there were just some things that I really didn't gel with in the game. There were a lot of things that I was like, I can see objectively why people like this but it just falls apart for me in the face of so many other better games and as you might expect putting something negative on the internet about something people love generated Mm -hmm. some interesting conversation and was my first exposure to reactions (laughs) Um, (laughs) but uh uh, marco polo 2 uh In my review, if you went and watched this, you would see that I kind of made an essay of it on the balance between uh, empowerment and limitations. And it addressed all the things that I really didn't like about the first one and still maintained some of the really, really fantastic parts of it. And so I didn't know if I was going to like it when it came in the mail and I was like, oh, we're going to check this out. And I sat down and played it with my wife and I was like, dude, this is everything people like about this game, but actually in a good game. Uh, And I could actually love it right there. And it was such uh, not really a relief because at this point I've gotten comfortable with people hating my opinions, but um Nonetheless, uh, it it was just such a joy to see so many familiar aspects from that original game, uh, but to have it feel like it was a much more empowering game, a much more uh, freeing game, but still have enough limitations that you felt like you couldn't have all the camels. You couldn't do all the things. Uh, I think it's just fantastic. I absolutely loved it as soon as I played it.
1: And what's really interesting is without that back history of the first game, like who knows, it, I'm sure that part of you would still resonate with the game. But you might have that like extra bit that that was like the, you know, the the dissonance into like harmony, like the resolution of like, this is the game. Um, it probably would have been a good game, but that back history made it like this extra experience, which is super cool.
0: Very music um, teacher of you, dissonance I, to harmony. I, I,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's so like ingrained in there. <laughs> it's funny because that also uh plays into my number 5 um which is Mafia de Cuba. Um and uh I don't think I th- it would be on this list if it weren't for two games that came before it. Um one was Spyfall, uh kind of in reverse order, which I love uh and is just like zany and hilarious but suffers from uh, when people aren't prepared, uh, especially the rule is like if you were the spy last time, you're going to do the first question. And if you get the spy twice, it just like it has this like crippling moment when you have to kick off with the first question. And mm-hmm. hilariously, I'll, we'll never forget it. anyone who is in the group, but my wife one time, you know, if anyone's played Spyfall, you kind of get used to, or any social deduction games in a play session, you sort of codify like a set of questions. Right. 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 Who's going to ask that one. And one of them was like, (laughs) we just sort of landed on was, are you here uh, for business or for pleasure? And it was something that worked time after time, after time. And because it was like theater cruise ship, like amusement park and everyone just like emergently, the game was pretty new to us. So we hadn't seen anything or everything. And, um, so she she has to ask the first question and she turns to me and she goes, are you here for, for business or for pleasure? And the location was a jail or a, a what was it? A police, a police station or something. Like that. And, I, and I just, I broke the rule where you're not allowed to ask like counter questions. And I, I just said, why would someone be here for pleasure? And the rest of the <laughs> table just immediately was just like, mm-hmm. and we just like called her up. But so it has that one like flaw in the game and before that the resistance avalon even more so which is a huge like i know a lot of people love that game but the first time i ever played it i got like neutral good guy and i was like (laughs) i can play this role and then someone messed up one of those first steps and they're like oh we need to do it over again and then i got merlin and okay like Halfway through the game so, – because the, the group I was play- – it was like their game group plus me. So that's already a recipe for disaster because they have this like back history. And halfway through the game, <laughs> after we like lost the thing again, so <laughs> the guy just says, whoever is Merlin better throw me a bone. And I was just like sitting there with Merlin. I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. So <laughs> when, I, when I got to Mafia de Cuba, I was like, ah, man, I – I'm excited to play this game, but I hope it doesn't have one of those like pitfalls. And it like doesn't because there are times when you don't get to choose if you're the last person to see the cigar box. But for most of the game, you're you're able to, and it doesn't have to always be, I'm always the henchman or I'm always the, the thief. Just how you're feeling that round. And for you to make that choice is a, such a huge, And and the group I played it with, like we will never not suggest that game when we're together because it's just like, all those weird like you know voices we put on for it yeah it's absolutely I love that game so much
0: yeah I mean anytime you you have one of those social deduction games where you develop an emergent meta it's just so rewarding whether it's resistance or secret Hitler or a fake artist goes to New York or even Sheriff of Nottingham uh, it's just such a delight to kind of have that uh, mimetic, Relationship with your group where you have the history of all these different plays and you can kind of deeply ingrain yourself in that and recall those wonderful moments, but they also have gameplay impact on future sessions of play. Uh, that's right. so cool. Um, so, for my number four, uh, it's a game that you have already established that you hate uh, and you hate me and you're a bad person for it. It's Terraforming Mars. I know you don't hate it, but I mean, come on. It is
1: not on my my essential playlist, but um, (laughs) so I know that that's essentially the same. Like if if it's not up there, then I'm the other.
0: (laughs) Right. I know that when it hits the table, it looks like Disco Thanksgiving. It's uh, not exactly the prettiest game. Uh, The artwork feels kind of bunk in a lot of regards. Like, you're like, did they just kind of go on to Getty Images and just, like, Photoshop themselves into this? What's going on with this? But the feeling of playing that game and the degree to which you customize your engine uh, and the global parameters... is such a cool idea that it almost almost feels like a cooperative game that you're you're working together in order to develop this planet now there is a part of me that feels like my soul is dying because that seems like it should be the the truest most benevolent enterprise undertaking on the part of humanity to like make a a verdant and thriving planet. Uh, And yet how we're doing it is by all of these mega corporations trying to carve out their own personal, you know, (laughs) economic status for the planet. Uh, And that kind of feels like a bummer, but the actual gameplay uh, felt so fresh at the time. uh, And I just wanted to play it immediately again and again and again. And it's something that I really haven't tired of, um, felt unlike anything I'd played to that date and nothing has really gone to that degree to scratch that itch since.
1: And I mean, even if I don't hundred percent agree with that, which I do not, you are not <laughs> alone if you look to the internet and board game geek. Like you have loads of people on your side. If anything, I am in the minority. Um, so in uh, for my number uh, for, this is my most, uh this is the newest game uh that's on my list and that is dune imperium
0: mm, uh uh-huh.
1: and it is uh it's, I don't, it's good just, it's just so good right like i and the funny thing is um so i don't know i i'm like a in some ways like an undeveloped child in one is like foods there are t- there are foods that people will be like i can't believe you don't like insert food here and like, have you tried it in this way and I have to admit to him like I've actually never tried that food I just assume that I won't <laughs> like it and there's so many things that are like that but Dune is a franchise that I have tried and I cannot get through it I, I I love the idea of Dune I've played multiple games uh board and video game in the the Duneiverse I cannot get through that book to say I've tried four different times I'm trying my fifth time to get through that book um I'm also just not a good long form reader apparently, but so the, the setting is, I, like I said, I love the setting. Um, even though I haven't finished the book, but the game is just so charged with energy, like from the first turn you play. Um, it just, it's so exciting. And I, I, as soon as I got it and I, I was, uh, doing some, some learning games where I played like the solo mode just by myself before I, before I taught it to my wife, um, it was for her Christmas present because she likes deck building and she likes worker placement. Or she loves those two things. And I was like, boy, if I have an idea. Um, and so I wanted to learn the game so I didn't have to learn it once she opened the box. And in those, just the solo games against the House Hagal Automa was super engaging. And I think it's because the mechanics of the game, like even if I'm not staring across the table at another person, I just want to, I want to play in that world. I want to like do those levers and turn the knobs and it's so cool to just look across the the board and see who's getting influence with, you know, which faction and how it's playing out. And the fact that every round is, it culminates with the battle makes me, I haven't gone back to any other worker placement games uh, since playing. I mean, it hasn't been that long, but it's not like I'm signing off forever off, but I feel like I do. That's going to be something I'm going to, I'm going to feel its absence. The fact that every round doesn't end in this, like, big, huge brawl, which is just delightful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, this is really interesting because the reason why it wouldn't be on my list is actually my relationship to the Duniverse, as you put it. Um, Frank Herbert's works made a huge impact on me. Uh, Like, this is every bit as foundational to, like, who I developed into as say like Tolkien, uh, and so Dune in particular, the first book and the book where you know there's a giant worm worm man as a protagonist. Uh, but um, you know how you do in the Dune verse. <laughs> uh, but um, I really loved Dune Imperium. I, I did think it was a great game. The the synergy between worker placement and deck building, two things that I thought, you know, if you do this kind of routinely, then what, what sort of innovation is actually going to be there? But the relationship between the two and how one drives the other is so satisfying, even though on its own, it's kind of a, an okay worker placement game and an okay deck building game but when you put those two together it's like chocolate and peanut butter Now the the presentation is actually the part that I kind of have a problem with and it's not what other people have a problem with like I like little cubes I, I like uh, the the art the I, I like the artist, That they chose in order to interpret the uh, upcoming movie. Like, I have no problem with the fact that it's kind of based around that movie. And I think it's smart that they didn't just take stills from the movie um, as much as, you know, it would be really uh, nice to just look at a nice Jason Momoa picture and be like, yeah, that's that's my Cal (laughs) Drogo right there. Um, But. Still, there's something about it that doesn't strike me as visually Dune in a way that the movie actually does. When I look at trailers, I'm like, they get Dune. But the game itself, it, it, it doesn't really have the focus on Arrakis as like this really charged environment that that is punishing to those who don't know how to adapt to it but is this uh beautiful and hopeful and uh really um almost like mythic world that uh really is to me the core focus the space element is the surrounding periphery to dune and that's where the the long seated decaying empire of humanity exists and Arrakis is where everything is changing and pivoting with the Kwisat uh <laughs> that is Paul Atreides, you know? And I do know when, that. Yeah, yeah. When when <laughs> when we look at Dune as a thing, the board just kind of misses that point for me or it's a different perspective than I want out of Dune which the the new gale force 9 reimagining of the ancient Dune board game I think gets much better but that said, it's still a really good game and it's a Dune game and it has all these characters and I can be like, oh yes, uh, fear is the mind killer is the little death and you know, I can do the the litany and talk about the Bene Gesserit and all these different things and be like, oh that Sam Worm, that Sam Worm and that Chris Knife and all these things. I can still have those references, but that was the only real hang up for me as a deep seated Dune fan. Um, and the reason why I'm spending so much time talking about your game is because my next game on my list is actually a game that's higher up on your list. So I'm not even going to talk about it until we get time to talk about it when we get to it.
1: Perfect. So Um, so then right back to me, right back to you. So my next on the list would be wingspan. And um, this is, uh, I guess maybe I shouldn't be so surprised that that these all have like backstories um, because maybe that's right from your first one on the list. Like maybe that's the extra, like, the spice that makes the, like the dish just like stand out, but I remember really hemming and hawing about like, do I or don't I get in on this pre-order for Wingspan? I was like, it, it looks really beautiful, it sounds interesting, it comes from a great pedigree um, from you know Ston- Stone Games, and I I made the call. I was like, yeah, let's let's do this. And when I got it, I just remember opening it up and right from the beginning, like, wow, this is this is even. Better than I thought, and then we started playing, and we just kind of never stopped. <laughs> we we just never. Uh, my wife and I played so so much um, when it first came out, and I brought it with me to uh, one of the big groups, like uh, pool of players that I play with, is with the in the Army National Guard, and I brought it um, to play with them, and we did the thing that no one should ever do, which is. Play a five-player game for, uh, <laughs> where only one person has played it before. Um, is it? What is it? Five or is it?
0: Does it go up to four? I can't. Right. We
1: we maxed out the player count.
0: One to five players. Okay. Yeah. I had so to do we, a shelf check.
1: Nice. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not in my in my normal game space, so I can't do the same. But we maxed it out. I was the only one who had played, and it was just brutal how long the game took. But as, like, the table nanny, uh, the serial table nanny, I'm always wondering, like, what the group feel is. Like, how are they going to leave this game? And while some people did admit, like, yeah, that probably went a little bit long, um, they obviously were like, this is our first time playing, blah, blah, blah. But most of the people in that game group still wanted to seek it out and play it again, and we did, like, the next day. And I it just went from zero to just the top of my playlist so quickly and it's still one that we regularly get out. Um I, I haven't gotten the Oceania expansion, just the Europe one. Um I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. And uh but yeah, and it just brought my attention to birds, which are lovely. And
0: right, right. I mean, so I nice. I know so many people who have actually gotten into birding because of wingspan. And it's actually right. been something that, you know, I, I've always been really into wildlife. That's something that I think as an Alaskan, you're expected to do. Um, and and uh, so I've always been interested in observing wildlife but i never really went so far as to like start studying what is the the actual breadth of wildlife in my local ecosystem especially here in juno which is a different area than i grew up in and being that it's a temperate rainforest i was like whoa there's all these birds that i didn't realize were actually here and going out of my way to find these birds and talk about them and it's actually a game that My dad doesn't play games at all. Like uh, He's like, oh, more of that Candyland kind of stuff, right? And I'm like, Dad, why do you got to be so reductive? Um, (laughs) But uh, it's given me something to have another avenue through which I can talk to him about something that's really – uh, important to him which is wildlife observation and that kind of stuff and i've actually shown him a lot of the artwork for the game uh and i'm actually kind of considering for his next birthday to get him like a nice print uh from the game of one of those birds because they're just so phenomenal and it's such a great game the automa is fantastic it's a hit yeah. with almost everyone that i play it with uh it, it's just charming it's wonderful and
1: the dice tower like the fact that it's that that like card. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then- type of dice it is it is a magical before (laughs) before i had the idea of like my channel i really and and like making content i i seriously gave thought to just like audio recording the sound of the dice going and just like doing that like 20 times in a row just making like something people could down because like the It sounds better than any other dice or any other tower. It's just, it's kind of a pain (laughs) to be honest, like putting it in the back of that tower, but the sound is way worth it.
0: So my number two here uh, is Ethnos. Uh, And I can distinctly remember when I first played Ethnos, I went to Dice Tower Con in 2017. Um, It was one of the first conventions I had gone to uh, as the Cardboard Herald. Uh, And I went with a couple friends I met up there And there was this game that I kept seeing that had this bizarre look to it. It had this different, uniquely shaped board that was kind of more rectangular than most of the boards that I would see. And it had this kind of classic fantasy type of layout on the board. The topography had this, you know, very Tolkienian or you know frank herbert style or, or whatever uh you know type of fantasy sci-fi map but it also had these almost skittle looking pieces kind of stacked right. up on top of it and i was like what what is this this is so interesting it's like a cyberpunk fantasy game from the, the outside
1: it and, looks like a ma- like a like a prototype mashup. that so someone's like oh yeah i have some discs we yeah, can throw yeah. Them. And you're like These don't match at all.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and then I finally sat down with someone. I was like, hey, do you mind if I play the next round with you? And they were like, yeah, sure. And uh, the game was such a cool subversion. There's no other way that I can really think of expressing how I feel about the game. It's a subversion of classic fantasy area control. On the one hand, it has John Howe artwork, which is about as old-school traditional fantasy as you can get, which I adore John Howe, Uh, even though I know a lot of people are like, oh god, look at how this elf and this hobbit look. Like, what's going on here? To me, I'm like, dude, this is where it's at. And then on top of that, you have this Area control that's non-combative, but is very tense and head-to-head. And then you also have the method of integrating all these different factions so that there is asymmetry, but it's not asymmetry from player to player. It's just going to be a different set of powers that are accessible throughout the game. In something that takes less than like 40 minutes, I was like, man, this takes what I would describe as a lot of my favorite elements of board games but presents it in a completely different way than I expect from those types of board games. Uh, And to me, it's just such a a clever and replayable system. I recognize a lot of the flaws in it. There's a lot of luck involved. There's a lot of people just kind of waiting until their hand builds up to 10 and then someone finally puts something out. But dude, when I saw that game, when I played that game, I immediately went and stood in line and was like, I, I am bringing this game home. Uh, I love the the mishmash of visual presentation, the plastic and the old school fantasy elements. It's, Ethnos is just that game that I adored right away.
1: Yeah, it, it was a consideration on my list, to be honest. And it's funny because I'm not good at the game. <laughs> um, and and I, I've had some plays of the game, like again, table nanny talk here, like that did not go well. Like people just like, hated it and but i was i'm still there having a aside from that part because you never like when people don't like you're playing but i was like dude no this game is so good like anytime i can play the game it is i do really really like ethnos a ton i do uh an expansion to that to go back to our other video would uh be pretty awesome if we could just you know there's a lot of variety but like more variety and, is never Well, bad bringing
0: thing. in all the different boards and everything. Like, if you can bring in a merfolk board or you can bring in the troll tokens or anything, the sky's the limit on that. If we were recording, oh, I, I should make a note right now, top five games we want expansions for, then <laughs> yeah. that is definitely <laughs> going to be up there. So, uh, you know, maybe that's nice. another video we can record sometime if people uh, care for more of this stuff. But, the only yeah. thing
1: we'll say, I had to baggy everything because that insert is... Oh, in three great. But it is <laughs> terrible. Like right. as soon as as soon as it goes like every one of those Skittles things just like escape. And is everything's just in a bag. It's my, you open the box and it's just a bunch of bags with all the different factions and, and all the different color things. So it's that I can see what they're going for. It it
0: almost feels like a trap, like they're like, yes, surely this vacuum insert is perfectly (laughs) set for you to put your pieces in. Go ahead and just try to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. So that's my number two. All
1: right. So then my number two is going to be uh, I know one that uh, is a game that is uh, top on your list or at least top in your mind. Um, But that is Spirit Island um and uh talked about it on the other the video that how this game just went under the radar uh for me for so long and then when I finally did actually play it it just like immediately clicked and I I just immediately set it up and played another because the the majority of the games I played have been solo and I do like like junior solo where it's just like one spirit one island board yep yep here we go because I I mean, I suppose at some point I, I need to try, like, two-handing spirits. Um, but, like, three and four, are just, like, that'd be terrible. <laughs> that'd yeah, be awful. exactly. Um, but it's just, even with that, I mean, I it's just such a nice, like, zone. And, and you can knock out games pretty quickly in that setup. So that's that's even better because then when you sit down to play it, you can do, like, two at a time or three. And every spirit that I play – there are some spirits I like more than others or some I don't care for, especially if you're playing against certain adversaries, but there has not been one that hasn't been interesting in some way or another. And um, it's just, it's just so, so much fun. And it's the, like the theme of what you're doing. Cause at first when, when you open it up, I don't know if anyone else felt this way, but you're like, you have these like colonials and you're like these, the, like the native, the Dahan. And you're just like, Oh no! What's going to happen here? And you're like, no, no, no! We're getting rid of those people. We're we're keeping this island for the island. And you're like, okay, cool. And it's like, for, just from that, like, that's such a, a refreshing take on what otherwise could be a rather problematic, uh, you know, thing. But the game is just that growth phase, making the decision every turn which otherwise would just be in other games. It's like the upkeep phase is the thing you almost forget happens. Um, unless, it, unless there's something like really out of the ordinary, but every turn you're like, Hmm, which one do I want to do? And right from there, you're making interesting decisions. It's just, yeah, it it went from like a game that absolutely was not, you know, in my, my sphere of influence to one of my favorite games so quickly and has not dropped at all.
0: Yeah. I wanted to put that on this list but then i realized when i thought about it more that's a game that i wanted to like when i first played it but i wasn't completely sold on it like you um my my primary gaming partner or i imagine this is like you so maybe i'm projecting here but is my wife um and so oh, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah yeah so I want games that she's going to like as well. And there are games that I like that she doesn't like. And I'll either play them solo or I'll play with other people. And I play a ton of Spirit Island solo. I really enjoy it. But... It, it was a much bigger and much crunchier in some regards game than I was really expecting that she would like. And mm-hmm. my first play wasn't solo. My first play was sitting down playing two-player with her and kind of figuring it out. I'd already read the rules, but um, just, you know, see it. And it was kind of touch and go there. But by the end, we're like, that was kind of cool. Especially the the thematic elements. Like, she really uh, latches on to, like trying to imagine what's actually happening within the mechanical limitations of what your spirit's doing. And the fact that it does that so well, even though it's a little bit crunchier of a game than she would normally go for, she still enjoys it. And so it ended up being one of my absolute favorite games. But it wasn't something that at first I was like, this is going to be my favorite. It probably took like two or three games to really cement it. And then from there... I mean, I, I've said it at least in this conversation or the, the last one that we had, uh, but it is hovering up there as one of my top three favorite games of all time. Do you have a favorite spirit? I, I have to ask right now. Let, let's, you know, follow this tangent really quick. Who's your favorite spirit right now?
1: So I, I really, I know it's new and I haven't, I full disclosure, I haven't played with all of the new spirits in Jagged Earth um, and I also don't have either of the promos. So I know that leaves off like, a bunch, especially the serpent slumbering Bob. I've heard many great things, but my current favorite is many minds move is one because I, I love the, the interaction with the beast tokens and, and I need to, I need to give, uh, what
0: is the, what is the shadow shadow thing? Uh, shadows flicker like flame.
1: There it is. Or no, not that one. The, the one from, uh, branch and claw. Oh, um, uh,
0: the, the, um, Oh, what is it? Uh, like fangs hiding behind trees or something yeah. like that. Or... Something. And and I,
1: I've only played with that a couple of times and neither of them were how I expected that game to be. And as soon as I started playing with many minds, I was like, oh, this is what playing with the beast tokens I was expecting. And so maybe I just had the wrong expectation, but I just I just had a blast like playing with that spirit.
0: How about you? For me... I think right now it's the lure of the deep wilderness from the new expansion is just absolutely fantastic. It's a really thematic power that there's this kind of anglerfish lizard that lures the the invaders and in. it breaks the cities down into kind of mindless roaming zombies that filter deeper inland. And then you just go, I'm going to swallow up all these guys. I can't really hang when it comes to towns and cities, but if I make the towns and cities into little dudes, then that i can take care of i uh, and i think it, it does exactly what i love best about spirit island it's thematic it's mechanically interesting it has really cool limitations because you can't really deal with the coastland but you have ways of bringing them to you um absolutely love it but i, I think every spirit that i've played i've been able to find something really compelling about them that's made me want to try them again
1: yeah it's just it's so good <laughs> now i can't want to play it um
0: well, so that that I guess that brings us to the the top of the list here. Right. Um so I guess I'll kick off my number 1 uh with kind of going back into my entry point into board games as a hobby and that is Small World. Now I had played Catan lots before this or Catan if you want to be extra posh about it and I played it a lot, and you know, that was a hobby into itself for like a year or two. And before that I had played lots of board games growing up, I played Magic, I played Legend of the Five Rings, and I'd seen other games being sold in stores I worked at, you know, I worked at comic shops, and I'd be like, What's this weird, you know, Tigris and Euphrates game that's on the shelf or Carcassonne and all that kind of stuff? But it didn't really click as a hobby until Catan. And then after that, I ended up going to uh, spend some time with a friend of mine. Um, and his friend brought over Small World. And up until that point, I had viewed area control games as this combative, lengthy, dice chucking risk thing. And. I didn't like that thing. I didn't want to play that thing. I mean, I would played Risk, I played Axis and Allies, but it was just such a turn off compared to a lot of the games that I uh, ended up gravitating to in my youth and ended up playing like Magic, Legend of the Five Rings, etc. But Small World hit the table and it was such a, uh, I guess challenging uh, my expectations of what this type of game could be. It was visually just a a feast. It looked so pretty. The artwork was amazing. The cardboard tokens, I'd take those any day of the week over little tiny Risk miniatures or something because they look so good and vibrant and, and give a different feel. And even when you're doing combat in that, it's so much more elegant in my mind than just I'm going to move a bunch of units into your area and we're going to chuck dice until someone's dead and the the pace of the game it honestly at the time having the context of Catan it looked like the most complicated game that I had ever seen yet so elegantly put together that it it was this amazing revelation in board games and of course now we know that's not nearly as complex as any number of games that have come out before or since and it's definitely not my favorite game to play now all the time but i still keep it on the shelf because i do like bringing it out now and then but i loved it that first time that I played where I got to experience different powers of my faction, where I got to go into decline and have a new civilization. I mean, that, that's such a cool thematic element that there's echoes of ancient civilizations that you populated on the board and then get to have more. This like massive four player game was such a cool experience and so vivid in my mind uh, that it made a huge impression on me. And I don't think that I've immediately loved a game so much as, as soon as that box was opened on the table.
1: It's funny that game is, is on my shelf and I came to it uh, way later. Um, But it was just before, covid and that you know all that stuff came down and so i've only played it two player with my wife and only once and i but i've still collected some expansions because i love <laughs> like i played the app a ton well, and yeah, i yeah. know i like the game and i just want to i can't wait to get in the after times into the table and just like you know cram it, the name it, it, it conveys so much like conveying or cramming all these people into this small world. <laughs> You're like, okay, now we're going to like do your things and constantly be butting elbows. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's not on my list because I've only played at the one and two players, not <laughs> the way to play that game. I don't think so, Um, you know, we'll see if we ever do a retrospective on it, it might be higher. Um, but my number one and this is calling back to earlier is on your list uh, is also one of those, way in the Wayback machine, um, games. And I can remember when Lords of Waterdeep, um, was announced before it came out and I was not anywhere. I, I at that point I had played a ton of magic. Um, I'd grown up playing, you know, a, a variety of board games, but I, I didn't really have, uh, a group that was regularly playing hobby board games at that point, and it came out, and something about it was just like this seems really interesting. And I played D D growing up with uh, different groups, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. And I I got the game, learned it. There's no, you know, I couldn't like learn the rules on my own like doing Imperium. I just had to like and and play it. I just had to learn the rules and like look at the game.
0: Right, but then
1: right. I the first time I played it was uh again with that that pool of of players my national guard unit i brought it on our annual training so our two weeks where we're together going on tour playing um concerts and i played it almost every day um and there was at least one time where someone who was regularly playing with me was like hey could i Borrow that game to go teach <laughs> to these other people because they knew like that night I was like I don't think I'm in tonight or whatever or I had something else. They're like, well, can we use your game? And it was this like, you know, I, I have other worker place, worker placement games that I um that might you know edge out towards of Waterdeep now, but I still return to it because it just does what it does so well, and I love the 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 gimmick like the mechanic of buying those those buildings and like having your little deed on it like I'm putting this down and then every time someone uses it then I get a little pete that was so interesting to me and it it again relatively new to the hobby game market or like world uh, the fact that sometimes when you get those really good player bought buildings early the game is completely different like this was way before I was tracking games on BG stats or anything like that but even still from night to night we would be like holy cow you won with what like the first time someone broke like 100 and then the, the when we almost broke 200 one game with the winner as opposed to some games where the winner gets like 70 points that that just like it was so cool how how many different ways that game could go and it, it's yeah it's been just Absolutely, while I'll never get rid of, and never because it's a great way to introduce people. Um, I've heard a great not a not a gateway game, but a foundation game. I've heard that term, and I think it's a, right, it's right. a nicer way to talk about it, and it's perfect for that.
0: Yeah, it's still so good as a worker placement game. It's a little bit vanilla for some people at this point, especially if they're like, I am like a hardcore board gamer. (laughs) Um, But even then, you have the expansion, which introduces the corruption, which makes it a much more nuanced system. There's some push-your-luck elements, and then there's some extra worker placement spots and adds another meeple for you, which is really cool. Uh, And it's just one of those games that, feels to me very cohesive in what it does there there are a lot of accusations that the theme is really pasted on which i strongly disagree with i mean yes you could do the theme as many other things but it does what it does really well like it doesn't have to be like extremely connected to the theme for it to be thematic. Like, I I really dig the idea that I am, instead of being the hero of a Dungeons & Dragons session, I'm the quest giver, the person <laughs> who's profiting off of these heroes that I'm sending off to be disposed of for whatever means that I have. It's like, I don't care whether you live or die so long as the job gets done. And right. I, I'm collecting all of these different heroes to fulfill these different needs that are going to, end up profiting me either financially or politically all these kinds of uh aspects to the the background the living world which i think is so much more accessible in a lot of ways than pure dungeons and dragons is like i i know a lot of people who are turned off by the idea of classic fantasy type of stuff but lords of Waterdeep works extremely well for them because It's a kind of universal idea, whether it's Victorian London or it's Waterdeep Harbor in Forgotten Realms, this idea that there are people who are sending out other dudes and, you know, chicks on contracts in order to get things done. It just so happens it might be domesticating some owlbears or something. Right. it's such a lovely game, and it's one that I come back to. I think it's honestly my wife's favorite game still to this date. Uh, and Same, uh, actually,
1: it, yeah, there, <laughs> there we
0: go. Uh, exactly. So it, it's one of the the games that we always go back to, and I, I absolutely love it every time it comes out. Our our meeples are so worn on the edges; uh, oh, yeah. it's unreal.
1: And I always, well, first of all, I, uh, is there a faction, one of those that you always gravitate towards when you're playing Lords of Waterdeep? Or do you kind of like uh, get around to the
0: different? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's more color focused. You know, I don't mind if someone's like, oh, I have to play green or I have to be the Harpers or anything. I'll be like, fine, I guess, you know, you got emotional problems. You got to work out by being the same color every time, whatever. <laughs> uh, but if, if possible, I try to gravitate to colors. Uh, rather than specific thematic elements. So, like, right now I'm really hot on yellow for whatever reason. If yellow's available, no one's picking yellow, all right, I'm going to be yellow. I think it's because there's like a part of me that's like, yellow is neglected as a player color and I feel bad for it. And I'm like, come on, yellow, I'll be your yeah. friend.
1: What's the what's the color meta? You know, yeah, how, what, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm I'm apparently one of those players that you would like really rise at because I always choose the Harpers and I don't know why. Um, but and it's funny because one of the one of my green meeples has a shorter leg than the other, so he's mm-hmm. like leaning in and. It's just it's kind of obnoxious, but it's also kind of cool. It's like that guy's just like really excited to go yeah. on an adventure.
0: <laughs> that, that's like my my root meeple. It's a otter that the printing on the front of it is upside down, and he is absolutely my favorite otter. Terrence is going to be the first one I put out, no matter what. Uh, but you want to talk about a game that I would love an expansion for? I mean, the you could do so much cool stuff. I mean, you could say that it's it's. It has as much as it needs right now, uh, but Scoundrels of Skullport introduce the uh, what I think are more interesting like lords that you could play as with different abilities that are uh, less linked to the two specific types of quests that you're going to do. Right. I, I would love to see more of that. I think you could have dual classing. I mean. It, what's the what's the thing that everyone wants to do when they play dungeons and dragons so like i want to be a a paladin tinkerer or whatever and you know like why not have like a a paladin class that's i don't know red or something you know a cross between a warrior and a cleric um and that could be something that you could spend on either or but it's more challenging to get there's all kinds of cool things that you could do with that but yeah totally i it was on my list you just were more passionate about it so i'm glad that it's it's getting its due here
1: yeah well those were our our well i guess 9 yeah, nine I could do f- <laughs> our nine uh love at first play games um and it's just so cool to to return to them because even ones that we've sort of moved past it's uh it, you know to actually say out loud tell the stories of the games that are when our eyes land on them on our shelves you're like oh yeah that game and just like no matter how long it's been since we played it we just think fondly of it so um if there are any uh, I need to be better at this on my channel writ large, but if, if any of you out there are watching this and you have those games, maybe some of the games we've said were games that have had the opposite effect on you <laughs> and you hate it at first play. Um, or if there are some games that that we didn't talk about, which I'm sure many there are many, many games um, that would be on y'all's top five list Uh, comment down below and uh, like we've referenced it enough times. but the sister video going up on the cardboard herald uh the top five expansions uh that we have chosen was a blast to talk about as well so take some time head over to that channel do all the 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 content things to to like subscribe and all that sort of stuff but it's been awesome to, to chat with you jack i'm so happy we we found this time it turns out a three-hour time difference between Alaska and Minnesota is um, is a little tricky to to work into our schedule. So this was really really great that we could figure it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I had an absolute blast, and I'm looking forward to doing this again, Cal. Awesome. Well,
1: thanks for watching, everybody.